Pete Daly Show starts now. I'm going to ask the white Americans in the room to please repeat after me. On behalf of myself and on behalf of my country. To you and all African Americans. From the beginning of our nation's history. In honor of your ancestors and on behalf of your children, please hear this from my heart. I apologize. Please forgive us. With this prayer, I acknowledge the depth of the evils that have been perpetrated against black people in America. Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. That was uh, candidate Marianne Williamson, the new age uh, guru from the Oprah show um, running for president that uh, made sure and have everybody white stand up in the room and and uh, pray along with her. They didn't pray to God, but just pray uh, that uh, for forgiveness. Uncle Milty, are you still? I'm, I'm are just, you still praying? I am still just overwhelmed with this feeling of. <laughs> Of comfort and joy that I have well, now that I've taken that little yeah, trip. Well, um, that will surely solve all the problems. That That's and it. reparations. I yeah, mean, well, it has reparations to be a combination help, of both. Yeah. That and money. Um, what, did, what did you think of that, uh, that prayer? Um, first of all, they don't, they're not praying to God. Yeah. She doesn't believe in God. She actually finds it then it's repugnant. Not a so she is a, yeah. Um, this this new ager uh, is the one that Oprah did a whole series for uh, a year on the air, and she was very much um, denouncing, saying that the that like the road to Christ was like uh, that that uh, you know lame journey or whatever she called it. I'm I, I'm so appalled by Marianne. Um, this is her mode of collecting votes, I guess. And um, I'm all I'm I'm all for forgiveness. I'm all for. Um, you know, what forgiveness represents, what it's supposed to do. I get it. But is this too far? <laughs> I'm just I'm just asking that that usually it's done. You know, somebody wrongs you, you wrong them. Um, I, I having having doing this and making all the white people stand in the room for something that they didn't do. It's kind of interesting. I'm sure all of you have have at some point begged forgiveness, forgiveness for something you didn't do. But this is over the top, and I guess it's for the reason, uh, for the reason, um, which is quite interesting that she didn't tell anyone uh, of any other race to stand up. I was interested by that just because we've had all races have other races as slaves. I mean, honestly, it's it's more than what we like to only refer to as America's slavery issue. Um, but but this is this is it's quite it's quite interesting that it's only white people. They must stand. They must offer this prayer or they are not they are not um, somehow 
amazing people. I'm, I'm not. I'm not quite sure what their goal is with this, except just reparations. What about you? I I think it's much more powerful when it's only the white people being asked <laughs> yeah. to say this. Right. Blacks owned slaves. We have uh, mm-hmm. we have people that owned Irish slaves mm-hmm. of both. We have um, all kinds of go, just go through history. There's all kinds of slavery. There, I, where does it end? Are we just are we just born and then we just pray for all the ills of the societies before us and, and what they did and what they engaged in or or do we live in in what we are now? Because I I can't imagine being black and being in that room, what you would think of all this. I can't. But this is, I mean, I know that a lot a lot of people, there are a segment of society that would just want the reparations. <laughs> okay, forget the prayer, get to the reparations part. But I can't imagine that what this is doing. I'm I'm kind of shocked uh, by it, actually. It's strange. I actually can imagine. Can you? I can imagine a group of black people listening to that, going home, having mm-hmm. a beer, and saying, can you believe those yeah. crackers? Oh, no, my <laughs> what am I going to do with you on the air? <laughs> Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Good afternoon to the both of you. Hi there. What Go do you along. think, Marianne Williamson? I don't prayer. know what's worse. Her saying it or the people repeating it. <laughs> I, I don't. You got me on that one. True. Very, very true. You know, it's bizarre. I, I guess I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I shouldn't have an opinion because I am white. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Should should we all collectively get on our knees and pray for the fact that we burned witches? Should we go, you know, go back even further than that? And I mean, I guess we could go back. Over and over and over. I'm not sure what the point is, unless it's just for drama. There are people that love to create drama. I know some of them. Um, so this this could right. be. <laughs> this is her well, drama moment. Well, if this if this is the way we're going to go, mm-hmm. then this woman needs to go over to Germany mm-hmm. and get all of those people to say a prayer and demand reparations for the Jews, mm-hmm. yep. and then go to Russia. And mm-hmm. demand reparations for the Jews, and then go do a tour through the Middle East and mm-hmm. demand reparations for the Jews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, uh, and there have see. been some uh, reparations. Let's start the uh, run around America and say that Irish need to be given reparations for being slaves. Right, right. And you know, um, after the Holocaust, there were some reparations made by governments and oh, so yeah. forth, and that really didn't it didn't do anything. But I, I'm <laughs> this is just. This is bizarre land, and I, they're getting more and more bizarre. And so this is her, um, I don't know what you would call it in her book, since she doesn't believe in, I don't know, I don't know who she's praying to, if it's a seance. I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's strange. She, she's probably yeah. playing, playing Mother Gaia. Yeah, I guess. Yes. But again, uh-huh. uh, let's throw this one out there as well. I don't know if anything truly happened, mm-hmm. but what about reparations for all the slave labor of the Chinese, the mm-hmm. Koreans, the Malaysians? that Japan committed during World War II. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree. And will D.C. ever do this for all the uh, human trafficking? Who knows? I'm just putting it out there. You know what? This is, this is honestly, it's drama. They're waiting for the reparations. There are some people that are vehemently against that. Walter Williams wrote a great piece on this. And uh, this conversation is just so unique to this election period for some strange, weird reason. It's all they can hang their hat on. So they're, they're going for well, it. 
can I go way out on a limb here? And I'm okay. probably going to really offend some people by saying this, mm-hmm. and I really don't care. Okay. But what do you call seven and eight generation welfare families? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that enough? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate the phone You're welcome. call. Um, yeah. We'll take another caller. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Hello. I wouldn't normally call in while you're doing your opening, but did you all hear Marianne Williamson on Laura Ingram's podcast last Tuesday or Wednesday? No, I missed that, Jim. What was that like? Well, I I understand exactly why you're calling her out for this, but she was on there being called out for acknowledging that there are victims of um, MS-13, and she's a big uh, supporter of angel families. Imagine the irony, but mm. I thought it was really that interesting, interesting how that she was on there uh, for that, and she seems very sincere about this, which makes me think all this is just a, mm-hmm. a ploy for other congressional appointments in the future, because we all know that she'll never become president. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. You'd be surprised how many... Um people are thinking about voting for her that are actually conservative. It's very interesting because she's kind of anti, even in the cultural sense, everything that I would think a a more conservative person would be for. But anyway, um, Walter Williams, uh, he wrote a great piece. It came out uh, today. This was being racist is easy today. He said, years ago, it was hard to be a racist. You had to be fitted for, spend money on a white gown with, and don a pointy hat. You celebrated racism by getting some burlap, wrapping it around a cross, setting it ablaze, and dancing around it, carrying torches. And sometimes, as did uh, Lester Maddox, you had to buy axe handles for yourself and your supporters to wield, uh, to, un- to forcibly turn away black customers from your restaurant. Or, as in the case of Bill Connor, you had to learn to direct fire hoses and vicious police attack dogs against civil rights demonstrators. He said, and by the way, Walter E. Williams is black writing this. Younger racists, he said, along with their parents, had to memorize poems for whenever a black student showed up for admission to their high school or or college. And, for example, 2468, we don't want to integrate. Of course, there were a host of racial slurs that could be hurled with impunity at any black person in your presence in earlier times. You didn't have to be sophisticated, but it took a lot of work to be a racist. Today, all that's changed. To be racist today takes little effort. For example, one can sit back in the easy chair and declare that he's across the board for tax cuts. That makes you a racist. If you don't believe me, think back to 1994 when the Republican-led Congress pushed for a tax cut measure. Former U.S. uh, House of Representatives member Charles Rangel, New York, denouncing Republicans' plan after a Manhattan audience as a form of modern-day racism said uh, it's not spick or uh, the N-word. Instead, they say, let's cut taxes. A few months later, he compared GOP's contract with America to measures in Nazi Germany, saying Hitler wasn't even talking about doing these things. One can be labeled a racist through the se- through a set of microaggressions now listed in the diversity in the classroom, UCLA diversity and faculty development from 2014. We are in an era now where you simply just call somebody a racist and they are, they have to defend themselves out of it. We are in an era where we are again revisiting reparations after I don't think we even discussed it for 20, 25 years. And now we're back. Um, When you don't have any place to go, this is where you go. And it's easy. It's low-hanging fruit.
It is. It's low hanging fruit yeah. territory. It's easy and um, and and it's going back and forth, and that's all over the media, and it will be all year, and we better get used to it. Um, but there are ways to fight it. There are ways to fight it. Not many. Not many, but I I do believe that uh, that that there are things that can be done. I mean, we can continue to. I don't mean give up, but just continue to draw attention. You know, in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, but it's like Walter Williams said. He said, you, whenever the, the leftists have no winning argument, they will falsely accuse anyone of racism. Mm-hmm. And once you're accused, it's really not possible to prove you're not. Right. Yeah. So the more they say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very, it's very, very hard to prove something like that. It's uh, you can't. Um, it's difficult. Uh, no matter what, somebody won't believe you. It doesn't matter what the That's what right. evidence you provide. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about city stuff and uh, oh, we got all kinds of stuff on the docket today. We'll be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Newbie Buick GMC's hot summer sale is on now with incredible savings on new 2019 cars and trucks with the lowest prices within hundreds of miles. Guaranteed. Save over $13,000 on a 2019 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab Short Box Four Wheel Drive SLT, stock number 09219, now just $41,725. $11,000 savings on a Yukon XL. Over $10,000 savings on a 2019 GMC 2500 HD, now only only 46,000, stock number 08763. You'll save over $14,500 on a 2019 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab Short Box Four Wheel Drive SLT, now only 40,124. You will not find prices this low anywhere within hundreds, if not thousands, of miles. Stop by today and save. Newbie Buick GMC, 1629 South Convention Center Drive in St. George or newbiebuick.com. Have you been struggling with erectile? dysfunction. Hi guys, it's Andrew with Wasatch Medical Clinic. There is now a breakthrough and long-lasting fix for erectile dysfunction that does not require medication, injections, or surgery. You heard that right, no more pills. This new treatment is called acoustic wave therapy. It utilizes an FDA-cleared device that is clinically proven to increase blood flow, exactly what you need more of if you have ED. With just a few short treatments in our clinic, you can eliminate erectile dysfunction completely. Call in the next three minutes, and we'll give you the initial doctor's exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound totally free. That's a $300 value. Call now, 435-922-7000. That's 435-922-7000. If you have erectile dysfunction and you're sick of the pills, call Wasatch Medical Clinic right now for that free assessment. 435-922-7000. Learn how to create potential tax-free streams of retirement income. Join the underground economy right here, Saturday mornings at 10. Go to taxfreeplanning.com. This is Chuck Good. I'm running for St. George City Council because I want to maintain our St. George quality of life and our great economy. Since we're one of the fastest-growing cities in the nation, we're challenged to sustain this growth without losing our small-town flavor. I want to protect our scenic beauty. I want to use my background in technology to address our needs in the future like dependable water, manageable traffic, and good jobs for our young people here. We need sustainable growth now and for our children in the future. My name is Chuck Good, and I'm asking for your vote. Your life is filled with them. Moments. The time you didn't just try, you succeeded. 
The day you weren't sure would ever arrive, but it did. The relationship that didn't just last, but still thrives after all of these years. It's our hope that on your next milestone, you'll have the chance to open a beautiful bronze box that reads Mac and Sons. Inside could be a stunning piece of jewelry, a striking watch, or simply a small reminder that you're still very much in love. We know your life's triumphs cannot be measured in gold or jewelry, but we also know making sure that special moment lasts for the rest of your life is profoundly important. At Mac and Sons, that's what we do. We are the master jewelers, not just for our knowledge, but because of our experience and skill in helping you find the perfect way to canonize life's triumphs. Come to Mac and Sons. The Master Jewelers on the Boulevard at Bluff. Thanks for listening to The Kate Daly Show. All opinions expressed by the program participants on The Kate Daly Show are solely their own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of St. George News Radio, KZNU, Canyon Media, or their respective parent companies or advertisers. If you'd like to comment directly, talk lines are open at 888-673-1450. That's 888-673-1450. Or you may email directly at kate at canyonmedia.net. Bedrock Quartz, shaping nature's stone to beautify your home. Visit Bedrock Quartz during the month of July for our huge summer quartz sale. Select quartz stones will be marked up to $15 off per square foot. Up to $15 off per square foot. This is your last chance to get exclusive Bedrock bestsellers. Get them before they're gone. Visit one of our four Utah showrooms in West Jordan, Pleasant Grove, Layton, and St. George for offer details. Don't wait. This offer is valid through July 31st. And at Bedrock Quartz, it's always eight days from template to install. So you think you're ready to retire? Don't make a move till you've checked out your family and your retirement. Tuesday at 5 on St. George News Radio, 93.1 and 1450 KZNU. Lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Kate Daly Show here. Glad to have you listening in. Um, and uh, also, make sure you hit the website, katedalyradio.com, and you can actually uh, find the podcast there. If it says short, it just means it's a shorter version, a clip of the show that you can listen to if you don't have a lot of time, which is nice. And uh, and I welcome you to do that. You can also email me, kate at katedalyradio.com. Make sure you get over to Wright Brothers, uh, 256-6593, 256-6593. Uh, they're right by Costco, and they are fantastic at fixing automobiles in, in uh, whatever 
whatever's under the hood. Um, alignments, they're known for that, but they're just a fantastic company. I've been using them personally about six years, and they over six years now, and they um, have been taking care of all of our cars and family members' cars and friends' cars, and I highly recommend them. I recommend them off the air, so that's why I recommend them on the air, and uh, I, they're honest, and so you'll get the you'll get a straight shooter on what's really wrong with your car, and you know what? That's why they get so much uh, business. That's why they're doing so well. So Wright Brothers, uh, 256-6593, yellow sign, right south of Costco. Can't miss it. And I welcome you back. We were just kind of just so interesting. Uh, that whole that whole Marianne Williamson thing. I got a text that said, Woo, we're off the hook. Yeah. It, you know, <laughs> you know what? When will it end? When does it ever end? Just seems like it just keeps going. Um, here we are again with racism. It's like it's like there's only so many things to hit, and this is why these things keep getting hit over and over again. Have you ever seen a fight between a lion and a crocodile? No, you haven't. So a lion and a crocodile. Um, so basically, the lion always wins. Why do you think? Why do you think the lion always wins? I don't know. I know, right? He retains his title as king of the animals. Why? Because he knows the crocodile's secret. The crocodile has unbelievably powerful jaws when biting down, but very little strength to open up the jaws in the first place. So the lion uses its forepaws to keep the crocodile's mouth shut and then drives his own powerful teeth into the crocodile's throat. You know what I mean? Smart. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I know their secret. And their secret is the, 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 this group of, of, of nimrods that would like to run the country. Mm-hmm. Their secret is, is that there is no principle. There is nothing that has a foundation attached to whatever they do. So everything they do will eventually disintegrate. It will eventually fall apart because there isn't, there isn't anything there. Um. I know that the things I believe in are based on a principle. I might not get it right all the time, but I do know how to find those principles, and I do know what they are. And I'm telling you that this group of people, that is their secret. It is all smoke and mirrors. It is all built on a lie. There isn't anything truthful about it. And that's why we keep coming back to the insanity, and the insanity keeps getting worse. It's it's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. Um. I want to talk about the city for just a moment. And this is this could be in any city in America right now, um, if you're going through this right now. What, what I found kind of interesting, Mil- Uncle Milty and I were talking, and Uncle Milty, you know, I was asking him, are all the questions they've been asking the candidates all about more government? <laughs> you know, what about this program and this program and this spending and this spending? Mm-hmm. And so you have yeses and nos, right? What's, what's, what's lacking in the discussion was, did you see a huge amount of questions to these local candidates about their belief in limited government, their principles that they stand on, why they stand on it, um, what's important to them, who they admire. I remember everybody used to come through um, and they, we used to ask them back in the day, because I remember the whole circuit of, of, of Congress and everybody else coming through. This was like back in 2012. And every one of them said Reagan. I admire Reagan. Well, why? I just, you know, because he's very popular and everybody loves him. But we always gained a lot of respect. And, and, and Reagan was a great orator. He was fantastic. Great joke giver. But you know what? I always respected when their answers would go pretty deep, pretty far back to, to those people that really nailed 
what a principal is mm-hmm. and their understanding of, of principles. And so um, we were we were thinking about this because there really aren't any questions, are there? Am I missing something? No, there, there, okay. there aren't. There wasn't any questions about that. Okay. No, it's um, all basically justifying mm-hmm. more expenditure yeah. to do more things. Right. To control growth is a big issue. They yeah. want to have total control over growth. And and growth seems to be the entire premise mm-hmm. of why they're even being elected. How do you feel about the growth, yeah. per se? Okay. Growth is an important issue. Okay. Um, can you imagine back in the 50s or 60s if that was the question for everybody? I'm not quite sure it was. I'm not quite sure they planned out or even really, I mean, it was, it was in the here and now. What is the city doing now? What is the budget, you know, doing now? But it really wasn't about the future. It wasn't about 30 years from now as much as it is now. Now it seems like that's overtaken the entire role of the city council. How to get jobs here and how to get... Now, you might be somebody that likes jobs. Mm-hmm. You might be somebody that really appreciates this. But I have to say that, that it isn't all about that. And actually, we should never be offering perks, really, for businesses to come to a city. Capitalism exists and will thrive wherever it's planted if they do it well. And companies will will figure out the place they want to be without a dozen perks attached. In essence, for a a Mm -hmm. city government to bring jobs to Mm -hmm. the city, they have to bribe those people. Mm Mm-hmm. They have to give them some sure. type of an incentive. Sure. And that involves giving them our tax money in right. some form right. or another. And, you know, a lot of people, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, really do believe in doing this. Like, this is this is the way we're nice, the way we're sweet, we're good to each other, because we give the middleman a cut, the government, instead of just doing it person to person. We give the, the, the government their cut, and they're put in charge of it, and then we feel better somehow. Right. It it creates artificial growth mm-hmm. and it creates artificial property values. Yeah, it, it creates a mess. It creates yeah. a hot mess. So he, herein lies one of the one of the biggest issues about about why people are hired and, and, and elected, I should say, and our expectations of them. Without understanding both sides of the story, without understanding that there are um, there are always, uh, let's say, the broken window theory, or some somebody else will get will get penalized in that, and and we don't really want to go down that road. So we're all for more transportation, more affordable housing, more, 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 where government can step in and be the middleman and control it, and and then of course we're all for growth and whatever that means. However, we need to get people here. You know, I know people that move here because they already have in mind what they want to do for a living. Mm-hmm. Unless you're one of the, the, the stray cats out there that just moves here and then just hopes that the city will bring in a company that you can work for. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that you come with a job, a skill, something, yes. right? And so we don't really, we don't need to give all of these tax benefits, all of these gifts, all of these gifts. Did you get a gift when you moved here? Uh, let me think. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I don't think I got a gift. No, as um, a matter of fact, I think I was asked to leave. <laughs> <laughs> <Were you? laughs> but I find that kind of interesting, too, that, that, that we think that that has to be part of the process. That no one will come here unless we throw out a carrot as a tourist 
or if we unless we throw out money, tax dollars, our tax dollars that we've earned as a bonus to come here to thrive in capitalism. Think about that. That's so crazy. That's so crazy that we've gotten to a place where we think that those two things have to happen. Well, I worry about us. The problem for me is that apparently, from what I'm reading, Mm -hmm. the growth here in this area has caused a real big problem with affordable housing. Yes. So what kind of growth is it Mm -hmm. that you now have to subsidize the housing for the people that are coming here? Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. Um, If you go back into history, back into the late 1800s, you're going to find two women that in a very, very poor Chicago neighborhood turned a house into what they called the whole house. Okay, housing up to this point was described as people that were poor uh, might live without windows might, uh, when they were in their uh, a squished apartment, you might have had 10 family members living in said squished apartment. You had issues like this. And they always bundled it into, um, into sweatshops with the jobs. They mm-hmm. always bundled the two together. And so when they describe housing, they describe housing as being very horrible. They didn't like it. It wasn't fun. It was squishy. Um, and it was, uh, it was sometimes dirty, but they didn't have the trash pickups and things like that. It was dirty. So these two women got together and they did the whole house. And the whole house was this famous settlement. It was the first time they actually did affordable housing, really. But with a caveat, it was actually paid for by donations. Lots of donations came in for this. Okay, And so they were getting donations from, you name it. I mean, uh, Charles Hull left the entire estate to his cousin, Helen Culver, and basically um, started it, you know, had a lot of money for it, um, gave 50000 for the boys' building, right? Mm-hmm. And then what's very interesting about this is John Dewey pops up. John Dewey, the Dewey Decimal System. Oh, yeah. He actually looked at this and became one of the investors in the whole house, including, uh, you know, obviously this this they, they called him the famous educational reformer. Right. John Dewey. And what I found kind of interesting about that is that. They were using this as sort of a test ground uh, in the field of, of sociology at the time. And John Dewey was a trustee for the whole house for seven long years and viewed the whole house as a model for what schools would become. And do you know why? Because one of the women that started the whole house decided that she would push the three R's, residence, research and reform. Residence, Mm -hmm. research, and reform. And so that was in 19 or 1892. And it involved close cooperation with the neighborhood people, scientific study of the causes of poverty and dependence. They were basically guinea pigs in this house. Now, this house is revered in Chicago as this amazing property that was the first time that we actually gave back to anybody, right? Government style. It really wasn't. It was actually a, a, a thriving guinea pig um, sort of science experiment for the guy that really wanted to insert himself as the reformer for uh, public education and also sort of the proving ground for, oh, hey, uh, we can do this and this can solve problems. Okay, And so then they started getting 
money. Then they started getting money. I think it was post-1901. Uh, I think that was when the big act went through, I'm pretty sure. Um, 1900. Uh, 1901, it was the New York State Tenement House Act passed, and then more acts passed like that. And mm. we started taking monies from people, and we started pushing them into these kinds of housing and telling everybody what a wonderful thing they were doing. But if you really look at who was behind it, it's, I think it's kind of fascinating because there were some definite um, experiments going on with this. And they really wanted to see what they could do with it. And when your three R's are, you know, uh, what were they? Uh, let's see. Um, um, gosh, I just lost it. When they are um, reform, uh, right? The three R's. Oh, sorry. Residence, research and reform. Mm-hmm. Reform how? Reform how? What were they actually, what did they actually have in mind with that? It's kind of interesting that that's how affordable housing started. I find it kind of fascinating. There's always people behind this stuff. Have you ever gotten that memo yet? There's always somebody behind this. Little hooks, right? Got to get something out of it. Be right back in uh, on the Kate Daly Show. Don't go anywhere. Lionsgate Recovery Center is a proud sponsor of The Kate Daly Show. Lionsgate Recovery, people in recovery, helping people find recovery. Have you been struggling with erectile dysfunction? Hi guys, it's Andrew with Wasatch Medical Clinic. There is now a breakthrough and long-lasting fix for erectile dysfunction that does not require medication, injections, or surgery. You heard that right, no more pills. This new treatment is called acoustic wave therapy. It utilizes an FDA-cleared device that is clinically proven to increase blood flow, exactly what you need more of if you have ED. With just a few short treatments in our clinic, you can eliminate erectile dysfunction completely. Call in the next three minutes, and we'll give you the initial doctor's exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound totally free. That's a $300 value. Call now, 435-922-7000. That's 435-922-7000. If you have erectile dysfunction and you're sick of the pills, call Wasatch Medical Clinic right now for that free assessment. 435-922-7000. Hi, this is Kate Daly, and I love my sponsors. Copiers for Sale offers Southern Utah the best quality and pricing on printers, copiers, and plotters. They sell, lease, and service any equipment your business or home office needs. Copiersforsale.com, a local company and division of Steamroller Copies, is always asking, what do you want to print today? No matter your situation, Bank of Utah Home Loans can help with the right home loan for you. Call Brian and the Bank of Utah Home Loans team today. 435 986 72 21. Bank of Utah Home Loans, helping you grow no matter what stage of life you're in. Sleep cool, sleep better on a Tempur-Pedic. Hi, it's Justin from the Mattress Store, and every day I'm asked what I personally sleep on. Of course it's a Tempur-Pedic. Come in today and sleep well tonight, and mention Justin sent you in, and get an additional $300 in Tempur-Pedic accessories, free with purchase of a new mattress. Voted Best of Southern Utah, Bluff by Ace Hardware, Bloomington by the Walmart, Washington by Best Buy, and downtown Cedar City next to Lynn's. Nobody beats the Mattress Store, No. Nobody. This summer, low-rate loans from America First are the perfect way to help you play. So get ready, because with quick and easy loans and great giveaways all summer long, here comes the fun. 
Hey, Grandma and Grandpa, you love going to see your grandkids, but staying in someone's spare bedroom or sleeping on their old back-breaking hide-a-bed, not so much. You feel like you're imposing, and you just want your own space. It's time to go see Nielsen RV. Get a great deal on a fifth-wheel travel trailer or motorhome, so the next time you go see the grandkids, you get your own space. Nielsen RV is home of the warranty forever at no cost to you. State Street and Hurricane in St. George off the Bluff Street exit, underneath the giant American flag, or NielsenRV.com. John Gibson, digging up history. Galileo pointed a telescope to the sky and discovered the Earth revolves around the sun. But where would he have been without Hans Leprechy? I'll tell you that after this. Want to get back that full head of hair you once had? Now you can do something about hair loss with Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to help you return to a full-bodied head of hair. Reveal for men and women, too, for all types of hair. 30-day money-back guarantee. Get yours at johngibson.com. That's Reveal for hair at johngibson.com. Click on the Juness button on the right. johngibson.com. Juness. Dutch inventor Hans Leprechy came upon a great idea. The year was 1608, and Leprechy was trying to get a patent for his idea. The Parliament of the Netherlands set a committee to look at his invention and was so impressed he was offered today's $15,000 to make one for the Dutch government. Fame and fortune would soon follow, Hans thought, but he was wrong. The Parliament decided his invention was so simple anyone could make one. Galileo made one, and he discovered the rings of Saturn, the moons of Jupiter, and the scandalous theory that the Earth revolved around the sun. Galileo's name lives in history, but it was Hans Lippershey who invented the telescope. I'm John Gibson, digging up history. Looking for ways to serve but don't know where to begin? Go to JustServe.org, a free site to help those who want to serve find opportunities nearby. JustServe has teamed up with organizations nationwide. Go to JustServe.org and type in your city, and you'll see a list of service opportunities. Sign up on JustServe to receive emails letting you know about new projects. JustServe is fast, free, and easy. JustServe.org is provided as a service by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. This black man with black hair. Black man. He's got interstate running through his front yard. You know, he thinks he's got so good. And there's a woman. The Kate Daly Show. I have Uncle Milty with me. You can go to defendingutah.org and you can become a member. Make sure you do that. They've got a lot of great, uh, a great, uh, you know, really in this time of, of elections, this is just a fantastic time to visit defendingutah.org and get some of their materials on what to look for, what questions to ask, and uh, and how to proceed forward, understanding principles and and um, and and then how to how to adhere that to what they're what the candidates are actually saying. 
Uh, candidates like to say a lot of things. And so um, just because they say they're for the Constitution doesn't actually mean that they are. And it takes a lot of uh, a bold people to stand up against what's going on to say, can we please get back to good principles? Because really and truly, a lot of things have been legalized as we've gone along. And that's pretty sad that we have sought to legalize things that we've that we've ended up doing um, that that aren't okay and there's always what you factor in is how to make bad law you know Mm -hmm. there's always that and you know what do you think of uh, with this housing because i know with affordable housing there's a lot of people out there that that say i'm i'm for the constitution i'm i'm you know very conservative but I, i i believe in affordable housing and how do you get that message across You can't. (laughs) Affordable housing (laughs) Mm -hmm. is socialism. Yeah. And it seems like a wonderful thing to help people Mm -hmm. have a roof over their head. But we've carried this so much further. The Hull House that you were talking about, Mm -hmm. eventually, eventually it became supported 85% of the Mm -hmm. revenue came from public sources. It became an arm of the government, which is the two women didn't want that to happen, they say. Mm -hmm. But this was actually a, for the first 20 years of the century, was like a progressive dreamland. Right, right. This Hull House. Mm -hmm. But eventually that progressive dream deteriorated more Mm -hmm. and more and Mm -hmm. more. Where it finally had to be... Well, ended well centralized into a bigger better government program yeah well <laughs> yeah but the hall house itself filed mm-hmm. for bankruptcy yes it did yeah it did yeah there was finally an end to that it's funny the person that started this uh good old jane she actually said said this she said i remember launching at my father the pertinent inquiry why people lived in such horrid little houses so close together and after and that after receiving his ex, ex, <laughs> explanation i declared with my much firmness. When I grow up, I should, of course, have a large house, right? Mm. I should have a large house, but it would not be built among the other large houses, but right in the midst of the horrid little houses like those. You know, this is where that dream should have just been her dream. Right. If she wanted a big house in the middle of horrid little houses to prove this, this, this grandiose house could work in the middle of these little horrid houses, then that was her dream to fulfill for her to pay for and for her to renovate and for her to do. If people wanted to move there, it was their choice to move there. But it was never supposed to be where the government took money out of one pocket to give to another to live. Even the idea that she walked away from in seeing the horrid little houses and wanting the big giant house, even just that alone says to me that Capitalism, the dream of America, the dream of America and the opportunity of America was to then say, I'm looking at that house and I want more and I'm going to go get more. And that's exactly what she did. Isn't it funny that she utilized the opportunity of the American dream to do that very thing Mm -hmm. and then turned it in to a socialism paradise? Yeah, it is kind of amazing because in a place where you're going to have freedom, you're going to have poor people and rich people you're going to have you're going to run the gamut you're going to have all kinds and people will take their circumstance and they'll say to themselves i either like being here or i'm going to take an opportunity that gets me a little farther ahead that's what it's supposed to be yeah you know that uh, what's that what's that saying that marx is saying 
each according so to his production. <laughs> yes. Uh, or and and then they receive according to their mm-hmm. need or something like right, that. Right. I can never remember that. But no, yeah. But anyway, I always liked each according to their ambition. Ah, <laughs> yes. See, it's kind of it's kind of interesting that we kind of think that we have to supply somebody with something that they could get themselves. And I really do mean that they yeah. could get themselves. And if you I, I actually had special needs individuals live with me. There are people that will do that, by the way. They would do that. If there wasn't a program out there, they would do that, yep. too. And so uh, there was back in the day in the late 1800s or 1800s in general, there were a lot of people that lived together. Big families lived together to be able to live to be able to have a, a place. And there are some neighbors that actually get together and built for a neighbor. Um, and so there are uh, experiences and, and interesting um, uh, ways to approach this that do not require the government's assistance. But for some reason, did it just get easier for us to do that? Did it get easier for us to put it in government's hands? Did we think they were going to do a better job with it? Because affordable housing doesn't really seem to work. When was the last story about living at the whole house where they where they they used all these huge, huge opportunities and became and did and <laughs> oh my gosh and accomplished? That's right. You didn't exactly hear any. No. You didn't hear any. Because this it, it might be nice, except that even in this case, this was actually funded by, by investors, but even in this case, they could have done that um just having investors to do that if they if they so chose. But Honestly, affordable housing has never been proven to actually work, to actually do what they claim it's going to do. I don't know if we need like 50 more years of it to understand that it's not the end-all, be-all that that people try to give it. I don't know. Um, Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Yes, you've got a problem, Kate. You've got an antiquated notion that the government is there to protect our rights and our freedoms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was at a forum last night with my city council uh, candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of the three incumbents uh, didn't show, mm-hmm. and the other one was ridiculous. I want to talk about something he said. And uh, all I learned is who not to vote for. And there were maybe mm-hmm. three or four I might be able to vote for when they needed that. But let me tell you what he said, because this is their view of government, their view of their role. He brought up tourism. He said tourism is very important. It was out of the blue. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the subject. And he stated 40% of the gas tax money uh, we get is from tourists. And then he implied that we need to tax or uh, the citizens of St. George to mm-hmm. so that we can increase the tax, uh, gas tax revenue. Now, what is he saying? Is we're here to uh, take the substance of your um, lives and mm-hmm. transfer it to us. And you're, we're going to tax you so we can get more revenue. We, the government, mm-hmm. so we have more power. We can. That's their view is it's for, it's all about us getting more powerful, you getting weaker at, mm-hmm. at, at the cost of your freedoms and your economic uh, wealth. Right. Uh, and that, that's what he said. So his goal was we need uh, to subsidize the tourist industries so that we have more money we, the city council, the city mm-hmm. yeah. of your substance. Yeah, isn't it? So you see, I have a different view from what your uh, role mm-hmm. for elected officials. Yes, yeah, that's that's exactly how they think, though. Thanks for the thanks for the call. I'd actually like to dial this down to a principle, if you will. Um, 
This was a great piece from the Tenth Amendment Center, and it was talking about the interesting thing the human mind can do is to use abstractions. We can think and we can talk about carrots and crops. Carrots are real, physical things. I hand you a carrot, you eat one, right? Easy. The word crops, on the other hand, means plants grown to be harvested. So crops is an abstract idea that covers all kinds of things, but you can't eat an idea. So it may be silly to pry carrots and crops apart from one another when they're so closely related. However, there are important issues at stake. The abstraction, and this is all about being a case for bad law, by the way. But this is so important to understand, and it really kind of, it really talks about what we're talking about here. The abstraction is actually a figment of our imagination. It's a convenient mental tool. The ability to think abstractly, to imagine a complex thing as a simple thing, is developed early in youth. And there are three three significant problems. Abstractions simplify things by hiding their details. And that when I use an abstract word, you have to imagine the details of what I'm saying. And you may have to imagine something totally different than what I'm even thinking. Right? We all have different ideas of what affordable housing means or what it's going to do. Right? Okay? We have thousands of words that can be used as an abstraction or a concrete object. And the word label, for instance, is a concrete object. Put this label in your shirt. But it's an abstraction um, to say it is bigotry to put a label on somebody. Okay? So two different kinds of labels. Um, even Noah Webster had issues with this because he was wondering how we're going to solve this. So we often see a confusion in discussing human rights. There are a lot of people out there running for office that think that affordable housing is a right, health care is a right. And if we stick to concrete things, then we see inalienable or natural rights. And if we're okay with abstractions and we talk about, quote, the right to adequate health care, or even the so-called freedom from rights. So natural rights formed the foundation of our, our democratic you know, republic so that we need to understand them if we want to protect them. Arguments for rights based on the abstractions may be unfounded, so we must know how to tell the difference between a natural right and an assumed one. And there really is kind of like a quick review about this in even talking about a right, because that's a legal concept that, that describes the authority of its holder to act and to not be prevented from action. So consider a stone. There are billions of these in our world. They are so common as to be ignored except when they are needed or until somebody is going to intrude into our private space in an unwelcome way. So does a stone have the right, the rights, I should say, to take up space and be heavy? Notice that you can't even deny those rights of the stone without destroying the stone. So there's clearly inherent inalienable rights because they cannot be separated from stones. You either have a stone with rights or you have neither. The simple fact is the key to remembering the essence and the power of natural rights. Then you consider a tree. Does it have to, uh, does it have the right to mine the earth, block out sunlight, or, and even to digest the stones it feeds itself? Again, if you say no, you're going to kill the tree. It cannot fill the measure of its being without those particular rights. So then there's the beaver who has to cut down the tree and use its branch, branches for food and shelter. Deny those rights, and the beaver can't be a beaver. He may manage to survive, but only as a modified beaver. So you're going to see a lot of examples of modified beavers in our society. The Native American Indians, an obvious one. It's the most fruitful you know, thing to, to ask, you know, where are the inalienable rights of man? But it is a topic, really, that, that is so interesting when you open this up and you really have this conversation with a family member or a friend. 
because these are inherent. We cannot be without these natural rights. And the natural rights need protection. And that's the only thing the government's supposed to do. They're supposed to keep us free to use those inalienable inalienable rights. I can't even talk today. Not to keep us safe, not to feed us, not to clothe us, not to not to put a roof over our head, give us a cell phone, uh, not to, you know, give us baked cookies on the door. Nothing. They're really not supposed to do any of that. But we have somehow decided that they they have some sort of place. And that's what we always are talking about on the show. Yeah. And and when they create rights, mm-hmm. like this late late one is now the creation of the right to health care. Mm-hmm. Notice how it's not equal. Right. There's no way it can be equal. Some people Mm -hmm. are going to get better health care than others, even under Medicare for all. Yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes a matter of cost. Mm -hmm. If you can't, I mean, if you can't afford to do better than what Medicare pays, you're in trouble. Yeah. Because yeah. there's not going to be any yeah. place else to go. No, it's true. It's so true. the wealthy are still going to be better off under mm-hmm. Medicare for all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, social justice and all of those kinds of things that we talk about on the show, too. Um, even uh, in the dictionary, it says individuality gives way to the struggle for social justice. And a lot of these issues we talk about are social justice issues. Yes. correct? And so it could have said individual natural rights are violated in the struggle for social justice. Yes. So whenever you hear that, just think about that. Same thing with affordable housing. The conclusion sounds wonderful. It's a very abstract idea. But unless there's a really careful consideration of the realities behind those abstractions, then those ideas can really lead to trouble because it's not difficult to find government programs based on abstract logic. And that's certainly one of them for sure. An easy way to tell the difference Uh is if you have to take something away from somebody to give it to somebody. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, You're violating their inherent right. Um, We'll be right back on the show, on the national show. Hope you join us and call in, too, and we'll keep it to topic, hopefully. We'll be right back. I'll be back with more with Uncle Milty as well on the Kate Daly Show. Hang with us. Don't miss Financial Strategies, Saturday at noon on St. George News Radio, 1450 AM and 93.1 FM. Financial Strategies, hosted by Trevor Carlson, will introduce you to the products and professionals that will provide you with the best strategies and tools to live more abundantly. Tune in every Saturday at noon to Financial Strategies, right here on St. George News Radio, 1450 AM and 93.1 FM. Financial Strategies is brought to you by Heritage Reverse Mortgage, an equal housing lender, NMLS number 1497455. Loving Liberty is proud to be a co-sponsor of Prager University's new video, Was Jesus a Socialist? by Lawrence W. Reed, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Watch his thought-provoking five-minute video online at PragerU.com. Was Jesus a Socialist? by Larry Reed is now online at PragerU.com. And listen to Larry every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Mountain Time on the Reed Hour here on the Loving Liberty Radio Network. 